began to pray about what God would have me to preach. He even went ahead and gave me the title of it first, and then gave me the text. Matter of fact, hallelujah. So, if you have your Bible, I ask you to turn with me to the book of Galatians, chapter 5. So, Galatians, chapter 5, and we're going to begin with verse number 16, and read verses 16 and 17. But before we do, I just want to say that tonight's message is entitled, Who's the Boss? might think automatically about Tony Danza and whoever that woman that played the other part was. Who? Judith Light. We might think about that, but that's not what this message is about. This message is about who's in charge of your life. You know, it's either going to be the Spirit of God or it's going to be your flesh. One of the two. It's not going to be both. And so I ask that once you find it, if you would stand with me and honor God at the reading of his word tonight. Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 16, it says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We ask, God, that you'll teach us from it. Show us what it is you'd have us to know tonight, God. Help us to put the Spirit of God in charge of our lives and not the flesh. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. You know, we need to understand something right off the bat here tonight, folks. That just because, let me get to my Praise the Lord. You know, we need to get right off the bat. We need to understand something. That just because you get saved doesn't mean that you're automatically going to do everything right. I wish it did. I wish that when I got saved that God had went ahead and taken my free will away from me and allowed me to just serve him constantly, 24-7, never doing any more sinning at all any in any way, shape, or form. But you know what? God is a good God. And because of that, he did not take away my free will. He made me choose on a daily basis to follow after him. He says, you can do one of two things. You can either deny me or you can follow me. But you can't do both at the same time. In this one instance, at least, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Amen. It's one or the other. And so I'm here to tell you tonight, folks, that as we are walking in the in in our mortal bodies, we have to decide every single day, who's my boss? Who is it going to be God, or is it going to be my flesh, or the devil himself? You know, we need to understand that the devil doesn't always get credit for what goes wrong in our life. Sometimes it's our own stupidity. Sometimes it's our own choice that makes the problem instead of anything that the devil actually does. I think I've said this before, but I'll say it again in that apropos of the situation, there was a time that this guy was running late to church, and he gets there, and he parks his car, and he gets out, and he starts walking towards the front of the church, and he sees this demon sitting out on the front steps, and he's got his head in his hands, he's crying his eyes out hysterically, and uh, and the man comes up to him and says, well, what's, what's wrong? And he says, man, there's people in there blaming me for stuff that I didn't even do. You know, we can't blame everything on the devil. I'm sorry. He doesn't get every everything that goes wrong in our life 
It's not due to his fault, but there's many times it is. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the devil doesn't come against you. Because, matter of fact, it was brought up to me at the nursing home today by one of the residents who was talking with me about this scripture verse. They're talking about the Lord, the the devil seeking whom he may devour, which is in 1 Peter 5, verse 8, it says, be vigilant, be uh, something else. And then it says, for the devil is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. In other words, he's out to get you. There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. He's, he's going to do everything he can to derail you. Think of yourself as a locomotive for just a minute. Think, think of a train track and think of yourself as the locomotive. You're just chugging and chugging and chugging and you're just getting the steam out and everything else. Everything's working on all cylinders and all of a sudden somebody pulls the, the hand thing and everything comes to a screeching halt. Well, that's kind of what the devil's trying to do. He's trying to pull that cord so that he can get you to stop serving God. He doesn't want you attacking his kingdom. He doesn't want you coming against his work. And like Jesus himself did when he walked the face of this earth. But you see, that's what a Christian is, is a Christ follower. In other words, you do what Jesus did. You say what Jesus said. You live as Jesus lived. In other words, when he was here on the face of this earth, he handpicked 12 guys to follow after him. And he says, I'm going to use y'all to be to uh, defeat the devil when I'm gone. And so anyways, he, he pulls them out and he, and he teaches them for three and a half short years. He teaches them on a daily basis. They follow him. They live with him. They eat with him. And, and what I'm saying is, is that these guys were totally committed to serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we're supposed to be, folks. We're supposed to be totally committed to serving the Lord and walk and do what he would do and say. And whenever we do, we do major damage to the kingdom of darkness. I was a pastoring in a church one time. No, I take that back. I wasn't a pastor. I was an associate pastor. It was in El Campo. I was the associate pastor, and I remember this to this day. I would be the one that they would ask to lead in prayer before we would start praise and worship. And I, I would always end it with this statement, and we all would say it together. We're, we're going to do some major damage to the kingdom of darkness. Turn that off, please. Anyways, there, we need to understand that that's what our goal and mission in life is as a Christian, is to do major damage to the kingdom of darkness. Don't, don't allow the devil to get the upper hand in your but also, don't let yourself get the upper hand in your life. Matter of fact, there, whenever you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're supposed to dethrone yourself. Because until then, either the devil's on your throne or you're on your throne. Until you come to know Christ as Savior and Lord. But once you do, he's to be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's to take the reigning position in your life. And we are to to bow down to the powers of, say, uh, of God and, and allow him to work in and through us to do what he wants to do. And so what I'm here tonight to tell you is this, is that you have to decide who's going to be your boss. You know, I get to pick and choose whenever I go out for, for, for employment uh, opportunities. When I went to work for Brookshire Brothers, it was my choice. 
They didn't come pounding down at my door and they didn't start saying, hey, we heard you're the best cocker that this side of heaven. We didn't ever hear that. I've never heard that from anybody. But what I did was I went into the store. I filled out the application. I met with them. I kept going back until they finally saw me. And I talked with the manager and he hired me just like that, right on the spot. And what I'm here to tell you is it was my choice as to who I would make my boss. His name was Mr. Pitts. It was in Giddings, Texas. And so anyways, he was the best manager that that store, that company had ever had. Not just that store, but that company had ever had. And I tell you what, it was a pleasure working for the guy. But when he left, things didn't become so pleasurable after that. And I tell you what, we were kept on our toes all the time. And, and finally, I got to the point where I could get my social security and I got to tell the people bye-bye. I'm finished working with you. But you know what I'm saying is, is this, is that it's my choice. It was my choice to go to work for that company. It was my choice to uh, go into the ministry. In other words, God called me, yes. Don't get me wrong. I have not called myself into the ministry. I have not been in the ministry 30 plus years because I called myself to it or my mama called me to it or my brother called me to it or anybody else. It was God himself that called me into the ministry. But what I'm saying is it is a daily choice for me to stay in the ministry. And it, it was my choice to ever accept a call to be in the ministry, which is what I did. And I've been in it ever since and I'll always continue to be in it until I take my last dying breath. I don't I have a friend of mine who says, well, you're going to retire. And I said, no, don't plan on it. Well, you're going to. You don't may think you're not, but you're not going to. You're not going to make it till your death day to stay in the ministry. And I said, well, yes, I am. I said, I'm going to be here until Jesus comes, as a matter of fact. And you know what? At that time, the guy said, well, I'm planning on even retiring in about 10 years. And I said, well, that's. That's between you and God, but not me. I said, I'm not planning on retiring. And so what I'm saying is, is that we have choices to make on a daily basis. And mine, one of mine is to stay in the ministry. One of mine is to stay pastoring. One of mine is to stay married to my wife. Because, you know, I could wake up one morning and decide it's not working for me no more. And I could turn to her in the, in the, on the bedside and say, sweetheart, Let's get ready to get your stuff out of here because I'm tired of being married to you. I could say that. I'm not, it's not going to happen, but I could say that. You understand what I'm getting at? Because that would be my choice. And, and I'm here to tell you tonight, folks, that you have to be prepared to accept the consequences of your actions, of your choices in life, whatever they may be. Whether it's about a marriage, a relationship, whether it's about your church that you're going to, whether it's about a, a situation in your finances, whatever the case may be. I mean, I may not even hit on it tonight, but you may be sitting there right now thinking to yourself, well, maybe he won't mention mine. Well, even if I don't, guess what? It still matters because you have to decide that issue in your life. And so I'm, I'm putting it to you right now, folks that you've got to make things right and keep them right with God, and then you also have to make sure that the choices you make are the wisest ones you can come up with.
Because, and the only way you can do that is by asking God to give you his wisdom every single day. Matter of fact, I'm going to turn over here real quick. It's not even in my notes that I have for tonight, but it's in Proverbs. Hold what you got because we're coming back to it. But let me turn over to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 real quick. You might even be able to quote it, but I'm not that good. At least I don't think I am. So, I've got my safety says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. In other words, to acknowledge him means to take him into consideration. Make sure that you're making your decisions based on who God is and what he's can, he can do for you and, what, and, and, and how he can bless you. You know, I've touched on this before, but I'll touch on it again tonight. It's a sore spot for some people, but it's about our finances. You know, if you want to live under a curse, all you have to do is withhold what God has blessed you with. That's all you got to do. He says, give me 10% and you get to keep the other 90. And if, and if we'll do that, he's promised us some things. We can go back and, and look at Malachi later on if y'all want to, but... It tells us that we've got to be giving to him if we want to stay under the umbrella of his protection and blessing. But otherwise, we're walking under a curse. You're walking in a curse. And I don't want anybody to walk in a curse. Matter of fact, I can take you to another place in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 or 9, I think it is. And it talks about how that if we will give to God freely, in other words, not, not out of grudgingness, grudging. Not feeling like you've got to give, but because you want to give. Amen. And if you will do that, he says, I love a cheerful giver. And if you'll give because of that right there, God, and I'm not talking about necessarily a 10% if you if you can't afford it. I'm not, I mean, that thing, that's what the scripture says to do, 10%. But I'm saying is that you give what's in your hand to give, and you do it with the right attitude and heart. And because like with the kid with the five loaves and the two fishes, he gave what was in his hand to give. That's all he could do. I don't know if that was 10% of all that he had or not, but I do know that he gave five loaves and two fish, and through that, God blessed it, and Jesus handed out enough food, fish, and bread both to feed over 5,000 people because that was just the men. We need to understand that God will bless you if you obey his word. And so that's what I'm trying to say tonight is this, is that it's once again, it's our choice. We can choose cursing or blessing. And the Bible says that, and even in the Old Testament, it said that God said, I put before you life and death. Choose life that you may prosper. And that's what we need to do tonight, folks. We need to give ourselves completely and totally to God. And then trust him to bless us and to, to trust him to meet our needs. You know, then in 2 Corinthians, whatever it was I quoted a while ago, or tried to, it also says that if I give bountifully, he'll give me bountifully. If I give stingingly, then it'll be a, a sparingly. Sparingly is the word. If I give sparingly, I'll get a sparingly blessing. But if I give bountifully, I'll get a bountiful. It's, in other words, and then in Luke 6.38, it talks about this. It says, 
that uh, if I would give, that it will be given to me, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will men give it to my bosom. In other words, I can never outgive God. God will always give me more back than what I give him. Amen. So I'm encouraging us to take hold of that word tonight that the Lord put in my mouth, even though I didn't know I was going to say it. I hope nobody got offended, but if you did, just bring it to the altar. Let the Lord heal your feet, <laughs> your toes. Glory to God. But this is what we've got to do is understand is that we're not relying on our own ability to figure things out. It's God's wisdom. God will give us the, the knowledge, the understanding, and the wisdom we need in order to make the right choices of life. And that means that I've got to decide that I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to dictate my life and not my flesh. I, I've got to say no. You know, that's one of the hardest things that a parent can do towards a child. Is they come up, they get all lovey-dovey on you, they, you know, they uh, smile at you, they say, oh, daddy, mama, I love y'all. And then, and, you know, they get all that way, you know, they get all buttery with their words and stuff. And, but the thing is, they may ask for something that's not good for them. And if they do, you've got to say no. If my, my, if when my daughter had been really little, if she had come up to me, even if she was as nice as pie about it, and she said, Daddy, let me touch that hot stove right there, guess what? I would have had to say no, because that would have not been good for her. I know she wouldn't have done that, because she ain't that dumb, but I'm saying is, just for an example, that she may ask me for something that I don't believe is the best thing for her, and I have to be willing to say no, even if she gets all upset about it. Even if she comes to me and says, Daddy, I hate you. Well, you just, you'll have to just go down to the lumber yard and buy a ladder and get over it. That's the way I look at it. But I'm here to tell you tonight, folks, that God is going to have to say no to us sometimes. And, and because it's not the best thing for us. It's not something that he wants for us in our life. And so we can't get upset with God about that. Because he's only protecting his children. Just like I would be protecting my daughter. I would be protecting my wife if I had to say no to her. Whatever the case might be. That's what I'm saying is tonight, folks. Is that we're going to have to rein in our flesh. We're going to have to say no to the devil. We're going to have to say no to our flesh. Whenever the devil comes at us and tries to get us to do something that we know better than to do we got to say no. If our self rises up and wants to take and do something that's not good for us, we've got to learn how not to just let the Holy Spirit be the one that puts that halt up in front of us, but we've got to learn how to do it ourselves. We've got to learn how to live according to the Word of God without the unction necessarily of the Holy Spirit. But now if the Spirit does give you an unction of some kind, guess what? You need to obey it. Because he's also doing something that is for your own good. Even though that was something that I never understood until I became a dad myself. My dad, he would say, when I did something wrong, and he'd have to spank me or whatever for it, he would say, son, this is going to hurt me more than it does you. And I'm thinking, I'm about the one to be getting hit. How is it going to hurt you? But you know what? He's right. Because it hurt my heart. I didn't have to do it very often. 
But on occasion I did, and I would have to spank my daughter when she did something wrong. And you know what? It hurt me, I believe, more than it did her. At least emotionally. Yeah. I mean, physically it might have hurt her more, but emotionally it tore me up inside to have to do it. And that's what I'm saying is tonight, folks, is that we've got to learn how to be self-disciplined. We've got to learn how to say no to the flesh. And, and yes to the Lord. And when we do that, we're going to be become we're going to become more like Jesus every time we do. Every time we say no to the flesh and no to sin and temptation, we're going to become more like Jesus. And that's the whole goal of life in a Christian's walk is to become more like Jesus. So I encourage us tonight to be sure that the Spirit is the one who's in charge of your life and not that lower nature part of you that wants to give in to sin and temptation. Say, it's like Barbara Bush, I think it was, who made it popular. Just say no. Now she was saying it about drugs, but I'm saying when it comes to spiritual matters, and it's going to hurt you if you do it, just say no. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you tonight, Lord, for this word. We thank you, dear God, that you have spoken to each and every one of our hearts. God, we are going to walk in the way that the Spirit of God lays out before us. We're going to do what your Word tells us to do and say no to sin and no to temptation and no to the devil and even no to ourselves, Father, whenever it needs to be done. We thank you, Lord, that we're going to live self-disciplined lives uh, through the power of your Spirit, Lord, because we can't do it in our own. We can't change our heart, but you can Lord, help us to be obedient to you in all that you ask of us. And we'll know that as we do so, you're forming with inside us the very nature and likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for it and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to ask once again, as I always have been lately, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want to accept him with that tonight, would you let me know that by raising your hand? Let me pray with you the prayer of salvation. Or maybe you're watching by Facebook Live tonight, and this has affected you in this manner, and you want to give your heart to Jesus. Well, I'm going to give you that opportunity just by saying a simple little prayer. And if you mean it by faith and a love towards the Lord, you'll be saved. And you'll know that his name is written in the land book of life, and you'll know without a shadow of a doubt that you'll spend your eternity with the Lord Jesus. Let's pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I confess to you all of my sins. I admit my guilt in all of my sins. I confess them to you, and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I ask you from this day forward to come into my heart and into my life and to live your life in me and through me by the power of your Holy Spirit. And I thank you that it's done. I give you all praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you said that prayer in faith and in love toward the Lord, and you, you meant it, then let me tell you something. You just got saved. And I want you to know that tonight, 
your name has been added to the Lamb's Book of Life. There's a song called A New Name in Glory. You know, it's wonderful to know that your name has just been added to the glory list of God. And I want to encourage you to find a home church to go to, one that preaches the Word of God un undauntingly, that you will know that they know how to preach the Word of God, how to preach the blood of Christ, how to preach the cross of crucifixion, how to, how to preach humility and peace and joy, all of the fruit of the Spirit. You know, I just encourage you to find a church like that. And that, that's what we do here at this church, is we preach all that plus some, and we would love to have you come and be a part of what God's doing here. We're located at 201 West Royce Boulevard, spelled R-E-U-S-S. Our service times are Sunday morning at 1030, 6 o'clock on Sunday evening, and then we have also Sunday, uh, Tuesday night, 714 intercessory prayer meeting. We'd be glad to have you to come be a part of what God is already doing. We'll, we'll be happy to have you. And I just invite you now to do that. But like I, like I said, right now we're about to be dismissed. And I want to ask Brother Lawrence, would you dismiss us in prayer tonight? Yes, sir, I will. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you, Lord, to go with us, God, and speak your words, Lord, that pass your love, that's preached about Father, Lord, and help us to stay focused on you. And Lord, help us, Father, to make better decisions, Lord, in our lives, Father. We will give you the honor and praise, Lord, the Father. We ask for his protection and your guardian angels camp around us, Father. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. 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 God bless y'all. We love you. We appreciate you. And you can consider yourselves dismissed.